Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am so, so excited to have two higher education economic experts here in the room with me today. Um, Joining us in the studio is the Utah Commissioner of Higher Education, Dave Wilson-Hume, and Carrie Main, UC's Chief Economist. So welcome, Carrie. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here with you. I do have to clarify Harry is the economic expert, not, not me. <laughs> You're not going to take any credit <laughs> for that. Any credit for that. So I will lead <laughs> yeah, us all astray. So on that part, let's stick Harry. <laughs> no, that's great. And, you know, I'm really excited. Um, so this kind of season of the podcast, we're digging into some deeper topics connected to higher education, the work, and really looking at the future, kind of trying to project what might be coming down the pipeline for students. Um, so with that, I would actually love to start a conversation today by just learning a little bit more about your backgrounds. You both have some really unique experience, education. So maybe, Dave, are you willing to start us off? Give us kind of the snapshot of how did you get here? Yeah, well, that's a really good question, actually. Um, No, I've been in education for 30 years of my life. Um, Most of that time spent at Utah State University in many different roles, from an academic advisor to a faculty member to administrator. In the last several years, um, three years in the commissioner's office at the system of higher education, which has been great. So I've been able to see things from a lot of different perspectives, which has actually been very helpful. Um, Now, one of the areas that I'm really excited to be able to dig more into is the economics of higher education and what should be driving us as far as programming and what it is the students are going to need for the future. Very cool. Carrie, what about you? It's same in that I have different perspectives that I bring to the table and I'm learning a lot because my journey is not like Dave's and that I wasn't moving through higher education, but rather through the economics of the state of Utah. So prior to being in higher education, I was the chief economist for the Department of Workforce Services. And that's the agency that puts out some of the official labor market data, like the unemployment rate and the job openings and wages and things like that. So I spent quite some time there and I was always part partnering with higher education. And now I've moved into this arena and really education, higher education, especially is that journey into the workforce. So I feel like I'm getting a full picture now of understanding how um, Utah's economy, especially in the labor market works. And it's exciting to be able to bring my knowledge to this new area and learn even more about the education workforce pipeline. Fantastic. So, so, so excited to have both of you. And maybe let's start our conversation by breaking down. I'm already throwing out acronyms in higher ed. We seem to do that with a love. Um, But USHI. So you both work under the umbrella of USHI. What does USHI stand for? What is its purpose? Yeah, you're you're right. Acronyms, (laughs) acronyms, acronyms. But it's really the Utah system of higher education. And so what that is, is in the commissioner's office, um, we have about 50 employees. And really our duties and responsibility of the commissioner's office is to support our institutions, um, provide them the information, provide them what they need at all of our institutions, all 16 institutions, eight technical colleges, eight degree granting institutions, really provide them the support that then they can help better prepare their students for what's to come in the future and as well as of today. Anything you would add to that, Carrie? No, I think what the commissioner says is right. We are overseeing those 16, or not overseeing, but we are giving guidance for those 16 institutions, but we help to support the system maybe words 
I always think of to help me learn are the spaces in between, be that between K-12 and higher education or from one institution to the next. This is where we, I think, bring value to the system. Super helpful overview, especially as we dive in. And I'd love to maybe kind of move into the space of just broadly uh, looking at Utah's economy. We've seen some pretty unique things in the past couple of years. Um, And I'd love to dive in into that a little bit more with you all today, Um, specifically looking at our unemployment rates, maybe to start with. I think I checked recently and it's around 2% in Utah, quite a bit down from from the national average. And and typically that's that's held true from what I can tell historically. Really curious, you know, just generally, why why is Utah, why is the economy so good? Why is our unemployment rate so low? So I'd I'd like to take a little bit of credit for it, not me individually, but education should take a little bit of credit for that because we do have some really good educational opportunities here in the state, which a lot of our students take advantage of, which then better prepares them for the needs that are out there in in workforce. So that's part of it. On the other hand, if you look at going forward, what keeps me awake at night is the fact that the unemployment rate is 2%. It's really good. But what that means is we need to provide more of a workforce, right? And a better prepared workforce for what's going to come in the future. And so why I say education needs to take some credit, we also have to take the responsibility of what's to come in the future. And so to be able to keep the economy as red hot as it is and to be able to keep the economy moving forward in the state of Utah, we need to make sure we have a workforce that's prepared for today's needs and the future's needs. And that's going to look differently today than what it's going to look even a year from now, five years from now, 10 years out. And so we need to make sure that we're preparing those students in a way that can keep this economy going. Absolutely. And Carrie, I know you're, you dive deep into the data mm-hmm. side of things. You know, what do you mm-hmm. see? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So this is an incredibly low unemployment rate. So what um, the commissioner is saying is absolutely true. We, we in education need to understand that the employers are in, in desperate need of new um, new employees. And so we need to be communicating with our institutions and uh, sending the resources in the right areas. And so we try to use that data to advise. And we have a lot of different tools we'll probably get into through the conversation where we try and deliberately make sure that the institutions are paying attention to specific hotspots in the economy. One really interesting thing that I looked into um, thinking about our talk today is in that unemployment rate, the what what uh, it comes from a survey and the Bureau of Labor Statistics is asking individuals, are you working? Are you not? Are you looking for a job? If you're not looking for a job, why not? Um, So we get the unemployment rate, which is just the share of people who are looking for a job of all the people that are in the labor force. But What's very interesting and what's a dynamic that I think we're going to have to dig into a little more deeply is that the number of people who are not looking for work, so they're not being counted in that ratio, but actually want a job is significantly higher than it's been historically right now as a result of the pandemic. So there are people sitting outside of the workforce Mm. who are are not actively looking, so they're not getting counted. So we get a lower unemployment rate, but they actually want jobs. So we in education need to say to ourselves, is there a lack of skill? Could a skill be what's stopping them? They, they want to return to the workforce, but they're seeing growth in areas that they're not prepared for. And if that's the case, we need to step in and provide the kind of training, the education, the degrees and the awards and the resources for them to access those. And that's what we've been working on. Um, and we're putting a lot of resources. We've got a lot of 
information about those different efforts that we're um, putting out there and partnering with institutions and with our key uh, legislators, other stakeholders that want to work together with us to solve these problems. That's really interesting. And so from a student perspective, I'm sure students are sitting here thinking, okay, so there are, there are industries that are booming. Maybe talk to us a little bit about where are those jobs? You know, where, where are we seeing a lot yeah. of growth? And maybe where are we starting to see some decline? I'm going to let Carrie dive into that. But from the broader perspective of what I see from, from my seat is it's really across the board. You know, there's definitely some areas that are hotter than others. But what we're also identifying is there are new areas that are starting to pop up that we probably hadn't even thought about for mm -hmm. many years. And even the areas that are hot is the technology is things changing to where we need to re, be retooling a lot of employees that are already in the workforce for what that future looks like in the future. So it kind of goes both hand, right, to be able to, to do it. One of the areas that is absolutely critical for us right now is healthcare. Um, coming out of the pandemic. Um, we realized, and I think we realized even more than we ever had, even though we had an indication that, you know, we were lagging behind on, on work care, really from CNAs all the way up through our doctors, um, we had a shortage of people working in healthcare. So we've been able to really target that area and say, all right, how many more do we need in each of those areas? We don't want to oversupply, but we're a long ways from that healthcare. And so we've still got a long ways to go, but it is that fine line, right? With, mm -hmm. with, with the supply and demand, we want to hit that the right way, because we also know there's going to be other needs in the economy as we begin, whether it's technology, we have a very strong entrepreneurship um, spirit here in the state of Utah, which drives a lot of these small businesses, which gives a lot back to the economy, right? That drives a lot of a business in our, in our state of Utah and small business, especially around that entrepreneurship and, and really the mom and pa shops in a lot of ways of, of being able to do some really good things and employing people and giving people a meaningful wage. But I'd, I'd love to have Carrie jump mm -hmm. in, more in from, the, the um, economist side of really where she sees the future going. And this has been really valuable to us in our office. Best decision I made since I was commissioner is ask Carrie to really take on that role as the economist. She also oversees our data team, but I've asked her to, why well, data is really critical, but she has such a great team that can do that to take more of the economist role. We've got to hit it right. I mean, we have got to make sure that we're providing the right programs and that future outlook is so critical. And so to be able to have Carrie and her expertise and using other state agencies as well to really dial that in and what is the hotspots? Where do we need to be focused? You know, one of the things um, I just got out of a, of a two-day meeting this, this week with EDC Utah, which plays a big role in this as well, right? Really going out and attracting businesses to bring to Utah and help them relocate. One of the things that we had in that dialogue was it's getting harder and harder in the past, it's we have this well-educated workforce. Now it's like, wait a minute, you got an employment rate at 2%. Do I really have access to the employees that I'm going to need? And so to have Carrie work with these other state agencies to identify where those hotspots are, hopefully we can train in the right areas. But I'm going to be quiet and let Carrie tell you, <laughs> yeah. let Carrie tell you the good stuff. Actually, I appreciate that you laid that foundation because I want to add on to what um, Dave said. You know, he's right that there it's really across the board. I mean, we definitely are identifying hotspots. Healthcare is one that we're paying particular attention to. Also, IT. Um, the very interesting thing about IT and the thing that we need to think about in education is it's not IT as a job. That's definitely a hotspot and a place where we have to have computer programmers and um, database administrators and those. 
But now jobs are changing to where everyone needs a heightened level of IT skills. Um, my feeling is that um, five to 10 years down the road, the majority of office jobs will require individuals to code at some point. Interesting. Uh, economists have always coded, so it's not- <laughs> No surprise know, there. Others of us are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why, so we need to be thinking about things like um, stacking credentials. Where could we have students who are getting a degree in geography and a certificate in geographic information systems. So they're ready to do the coding with all of the electronic mapping that we do. Um, so this is the kind of innovation. And th these are the things that we're having our institutions think about and the partnerships that they're forming um, with industry and paying attention to those industry needs. That is really where we're going to keep up with this changing economy that um, Commissioner mentioned how we're just seeing such fluctuation. There's fluctuation on the jobs themselves somewhat, but uh, like a new job arising. But really what's happening is jobs are being redefined. So, yes, you are still a geographer, an economist, an attorney. But now we need you to also be able to code. We need you to understand uh, cloud computing. We need you to understand these other things and we need to keep up with it. And that that. Um, requires some nimbleness. And nimbleness has been a challenge for some parts of higher education. Technical colleges do it very well, but yes. in higher education, we haven't. But I, I'm impressed with our institution's willingness to step up and do these things. I've seen so many new certificates arising a lot. I mean, even in our technical colleges, we are offering a certificate in data science. Now, that's going to be a beginning level, but that is a stepping stone for an individual who maybe would never even be comfortable going on a university campus, went to a technical college and actually got exposure to data science. Um, that's very exciting to me. In fact, I've been working on strategizing how we can recruit some of those <laughs> students and have internships in our office um, because that they have gotten that extra skill, that extra new nuance to the occupation. That's what um, we really need to be paying attention to in higher education. One of the things that Carrie just said is absolutely critical is how well our institutions have ad ad really adapted to what's going on. Um, we are slow at times, um, and I will take that for all of us. Um, but I have seen a really heightened awareness of doing it. And I think it's because of industry. Industry has called us to the table and said, let's partner. We need to partner away because they're seeing, they're, they're feeling it as well, right? They're feeling the fact that, hey, we don't have enough workforce and the workforce that's there maybe not be, maybe is not skilled in the right areas. So what can we do together to make that happen? Once industry talks, our, our campuses listen, our institutions listen, and, and they pivot really quickly once industry's at the table to help us. When industry's there, we know we get it right. If industry's not there, I fear that we get it wrong because a lot of us, even like when I was a faculty member, we're teaching back to what we were, what we were taught or what, what we learned or with. what our experiences yeah. were, right? Yeah. And we haven't been out in the workforce. We've been in the classroom. We haven't been in the workforce understanding what really takes place and what happens. And so when that connectivity comes together, then the education component becomes very powerful. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 